Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Lovesport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Lovesport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and the returning James Jones. And what a show to return on because what a glorious weekend it was for everything where the Hammers are concerned. Beating Man United 2-0, a fantastic performance. And one, let me get in there first, that was expected. They didn't fear Man United. There was there was respect there, but they knew they had their number. They got the result last year and they got the result on the weekend. We're going to be talking everything from that game and also looking towards tomorrow night's League Cup action against Oxford and then seeing if the Hammers can continue that momentum when they face Bournemouth this weekend. As always, you can join in the show with We Are West Ham. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 or Alternatively, watch this show on YouTube because James has some new glasses and he is looking mighty fine. I think he's even done his hair. He's certainly done the hair. Yeah, he's got, got more volume. He's got his tan. You know, it's got just tan. He's been in Spain for seven months. I'm, just, I'm lightly bronzed. Oh, chaps. golden. Absolutely yeah, delicious. Lightly bronzed. Well, we are here not just to compliment James and the, the hair and the tan, but to compliment West Ham. And what a fantastic result it was on the weekend. Will, how pleased were you with this one? I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. I thought it was class. Although I did think I, I called it beforehand. I Not for a second did I think we weren't going to win that game. I mean, I do think it's important to note here, as among all the euphoria, which I am loving because I think we were brilliant, I think Man United, A, they, they're poor anyway. I think their their whole squad is, you know, is terrible. But they didn't have Pogba, Martial and last year's player of the season, Luke Shaw. Everyone's been going, ooh, Luke Shaw, to me when I've said it this week. 
but I think you know if you had those players in, Marshall scores against us for fun. He does, yeah. Yeah, does. you know, Luke, Luke Shaw would have would have tightened things up at the back a little bit, and you know, Pogba basically is every, anything that is good about Man United goes through him. But no, ignore all that. I thought we were fantastic. I thought we thoroughly deserved to win, and yeah, it was just a, it was just one of those great days at London Stadium. The atmosphere was class. It was just absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm not sure Man United squad is terrible. It's not the famous Man United squads of old, but terrible is quite strong. They do have some still some good uh, players. Sorry to interrupt, though. No. I, I Genuinely, I looked at that team on the weekend and maximum, maximum four players I would swap with any of ours. Maybe the keeper, but ours is class, so there's not much in it. Maybe Maguire, maybe... But then and then Pogba and Rashford. But other than that, like you know, I don't. I, but no, I, I, McTominay, I, McTominay, no thanks. No, I agree with the, the swapping. That wasn't the the first original question. I think to call Man United terrible, I think they're poor and they they may be average, terrible, maybe slightly overdoing it. But James, how impressed were you with, with your team's win this weekend? I don't know what the hype's about. I think it was just a routine home win against the mid-table <laughs> Premier League terrible League squad. <laughs> you know, it was just a routine home win. Rocked up there, professional job. Happy days. Against the team will finish 12. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on a serious note, I mean, a lot a lot of people leading into that game went, you know, this is a great chance to beat Man United, a great chance to keep our run going. You know, Man United aren't in a great place. They only scraped to win against Leicester the week before and it was, you know, yeah, okay, you know, we, we've got a good chance. But in the back of my mind, I thought, nah, I know what we're like. We'll rock up here and we'll, we'll just believe that we're going to win because Man United aren't in a good place and then we'll get beat 3-0. Uh, fortunately, that didn't happen, as we know. But after 15 minutes, I turned around and said to my mate, "I went, we're going to win this," and that's before anything, anything really happened because you could just see that we were we had a lot more of the ball, we looked better on the ball, we looked like we had a little bit more idea going forward. Defensively, we were fine. I mean, I didn't even know Dan James was on the pitch in the first half, and he's meant to be their best player this season. Um, and you know, I just felt that yeah, you know, this is this is the West End that we were promised. When we moved into the stadium, and you could, you, we're now beginning to see that West Ham come through the t- the team, and and the prospects going forward. We were promised that, and I think we're beginning to see it. I think you are beginning to see it, and I do have to give you both credit because you have said uh, before the season started and throughout the season, you know, this is the strongest West Ham you've seen in ages. You're really excited about this season, and barring that first day, and we did have a debate about it, West Ham have really kicked on. They've played brilliant football. They're up there, so why can't they stay up there? They can sustain it. We look at the likes of Wolves and Everton, teams who maybe were favoured more uh, than West Ham to do uh, business this season. They're really struggling at the minute. But to go back, Will, you did say that terrible West Ham squad. And in your defence, Gary Neville said, you know, he was furious on the weekend. He said, I look at West Ham's bench to Man United's bench. No one fears me in that West uh, that Man United bench. I'd much rather have West Ham West Ham's bench. Do you feel that this just shows and highlights how far West Ham have come? Yes. And I also think how far Man United have fallen. Mm. I think there there is a bit of both. But yeah, no, I, and you know what? I, it's annoyed me since the weekend, and I know a few, lots of other people share in this annoyance since the weekend. How the whole of the storyline and headlines, you know, it's all oh, Man United this, Man United that. Well, how about West Ham played fantastically well and deserved three points against yeah. a team who, you know, might, they, yeah. they, they might finish in the top six. I, I really can't see it. I'm sh- like I said, Pogba will come back and he will make a difference. But, it, you know, d- just for a little bit of chink of light in the menu bashing, which I do enjoy, but in amongst all that, can someone just put their hand up and go, oh, by the way, West Ham are really good. Everyone in a West Ham shirt put in at least a seven out of ten, and most people, Yarmolinka especially, you know, eights and nines. It's just annoying me a little bit. 
I agree with that. You know, but it's the same every time we have like this little spell. You know, it happens every few years. Then I think the last time was the last season at Upton Park, and then a couple of years before that we did one under Allardyce, and you know, and everyone goes, "Oh, what about us?" It's always about how bad the other team was. What about us? Mm. But this season particularly, I'm quite happy for us just to go under the radar a little bit. You know, just just go unnoticed. No one's really talking about us. We'll just go unnoticed, um, and you know, we'll be up, we'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. I'd rather that than everyone hype us up and go, look how good West Ham are, and then it gets into the players' heads. How many times last season was <laughs> yeah. I moaning about that big team, that supposed big team mentality, so, and then mm. they go, we beat Arsenal at home, and they got the Bournemouth away the following week, believe in their own hype, and then they then they get beat. Um, so I'd rather us go under the radar, no big headlines, no big talk, and we can just sort of pot along throughout the season, pick up wins where we need them, and, you know, finish in the top four. Happy days. <laughs> to, to be annoying, Will. Like and, it's that easy. And offer the flip side. Firstly, I, I want to say I, I do agree with you. We should be talking about West Ham, and we are, especially on this show, because I think they've been brilliant since that first game of the season, and we should be talking about them, and rightly so. But you said it shouldn't always be from the Man United perspective, you know, you uh, the Man United bashing, even though you enjoy it, how terrible they are. But the first thing you said when when I said how impressed were you, we said, you know, Man United, terrible, terrible squad, an average side. I don't think they're going to do it. They've had a massive fall. The first thing you said was you highlighted Man United before you even spoke up West Ham. And no, that's because, you know, yeah, I, no, I, I agree, yeah. And I think that's just because when you sort of, you know, when you say, oh, how impressed were you? I think everyone's kind of expecting us to, you know, this week be oh, absolutely buzzing. And it's like, no, I don't think we're that team anymore. I don't think it's like, you know, I know maybe Huddersfield of last year or or Fulham turning up and, you know, if they turned over Man United. I, I don't think it's like that anymore. I don't think it should be, oh, my God, everyone, did you see West Ham beat Manchester United at the weekend? It's like, well, no, because I think we'll be within a place or two either side of them this season. And, uh, do, you, do you see what I mean? No, I completely agree. But I don't think it's, a, oh, West Ham beat Man United. It's, oh, West Ham, you know, scored two goals, got got a clean sheet, got three points against a, a big club, however badly or good they're doing. It's still a fantastic win. If you beat Norwich, I'd say, how impressed were you? 2-0, you know, it's another win in the bank. I don't, I'm don't. i not making it because it's United. It's just because your team have won another game this season. The momentum is is being sustained and off they go, you know. it's. Do you know what I mean? It's no, this run that's keeping going. I don't think it's from a United standpoint mm. because, like you said, they haven't been all that all that fantastic this year. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been, I don't know about you, James, but I wasn't... The, yesterday I know sorry uh, at the weekend it's easy to say but I was genuinely I was so confident going into the game Mm. I really really was I wasn't even a little bit nervous it was more so after I heard the injury news about Pogba and Martial because you know they are two of their best Mm. players whether they're playing against West Ham or not Mm. and I just thought after that you know you look at their look at their squad there's just no one in it really that scared me that much Rashford Bless him, had no one to give him the ball, so he was he was null and void. But no, I, I just think this season, I, I, I know what you mean about wanting to go under the radar, and that does make sense, and I am a little bit but like, you know, behind that idea, if you like. But no, I just think this season, it's really, it just feels good. That that wasn't a surprise win to me, and I think we'll, that won't be the last big team scalp we take. Well, it is five unbeaten now, four clean sheets in a row. The manager said the international break was a re- it came at a really good time for West Ham. The defenders could work on things, their timing, their movement. We worked on tackling heavy. Obviously, it it worked before the international break, but it certainly carried over with those four clean sheets. 
do you feel that now they can maintain this momentum, James? Because I don't want to say it would be typical West Ham. You get these results, you have the four clean sheets, five unbeaten, and then your next tie, Bournemouth, her side, we will look at the game later. We've had two free ones on the bounce and you go, typical West Ham, we'll just we'll go miss him. Yeah, I think I think the next few weeks are gonna be really important to I think I think they they're the the upcoming games are the ones that are really going to tell us what we're going to be about this season. You know, winning at home against Man United is all very well, but you know, West Ham naturally lift their game up against you know the top six at home anyway. Um, and there was a little bit of um and R in over whether the Villa game was a good result or not. Should, mm. should we expect? Should we have taken the point? Should we have expected to get all three points? Should we be disappointed with the point? Um, so going going now to Bournemouth, who are a position below us, one point behind us, who have also gone under the radar a little bit. A lot of people have sort of, you know, not you know, I spoke to a couple of people at work earlier and they were like I didn't realise Bournemouth was so up in the league, you know. They're, they're only a point class. behind. On, on Friday, that game against Southampton, they were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and so suddenly, you know, if we do go to Bournemouth this weekend and lose, I don't think we we, we can look at it. I mean, I know we'll talk about the Bournemouth game a little bit more, but I don't think we can look at it and go, okay, well, you know, that you know, it's a terrible result because they look good this season. But if we can go there and win, suddenly, I, I think that's probably a bigger result than beating Man United at home or mm. or beating Norwich at home or, or going to Watford and winning three one. You know, which we, we've already said. Declan Rice has said it. They're games that we would have lost last mm. season. Um, Bournemouth, we lost there last year after beating Arsenal at home the, the week before. So a lot of people looking going, I oh, will probably go there and lose next week. But I'll take the point. You know and. I think after that we've got quite a few decent, pretty good games. I think we've got Everton away um, and a couple of other really good fixtures. I don't. Th- I think our next difficult fixture is to Spurs in November. I think. Mm. Well, um, so the next few weeks is really important, and then I think, and then once we get to November. I think then we can start looking and going, okay, this is what we can expect this season. Let's talk about Yarmolenko because I know after that Villa game you wasn't entirely happy with his performance, but obviously he did fire back this weekend. Glad to see it, obviously, Will. You know what? I, I'm glad you pulled me up on that because, yeah, I do. Uh, I, before the game, I was looking at it and I went, ah, oh, he started him. I thought, oh, he should really. He was poor at Villa. I thought it would be a good chance for Fornells to come in. I didn't, obviously, I, I still don't think he would have started had Lanzini been fit. I think I think Yarmolenko has been a bit fortunate there because I think he would have been dropped. But what a way to bounce back! He, he wasn't not just the goal either. He was he was fantastic the whole game. Everything he did just he just seemed to up his game. I thought he was brilliant. See, I I, I love Yarmolenko. I think his attitude's great. Uh, I don't think he's the best player in that. Like, the best player that we could have in that position I think you know if we'd have replaced him in the summer <laughs> if you say Antonio I'm walking out <laughs> <laughs> I would have Antonio over him I honestly would no you wouldn't no you I wouldn't. honestly would honestly I think Antonio offers a little bit more I love Yamalenko and that, that he spoke about it after and that, that reception he got when he came off he came off because you know this new role we got to go off the nearest he come off on our corner and we gave him a great reception and he looked like he's about to burst into tears. You couldn't believe it. You know? and, <laughs> and it's those sort of moments you think, yeah, you know, we've got a really like good player here, but there are certain parts of his game that really frustrates really frustrates me. But he had a good game on Saturday, he got a good goal. Um and you know, I'm really, really pleased for him, given the problems he had last year with his injuries and stuff like that, you know. Mikhail Antonio. I love Mikhail Antonio. Mi- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll cannot I, believe no, it. He, he, he was having a good season. Good few games of the season before he got injured. You can't even say it was a straight face. <laughs> it's because you're laughing at me. me Honestly, I, I, I would have, a, given the performances that Antonio put in this season before he got his injury at Newport, I'd have him over Yarmolenko. 
but he's not fit. Yarmolenko's come in and done a very, very good job, and he deserves his spot. That's going on the Twitter poll. Yeah, it is going on the Twitter poll. Would you start Yarmolenko? Do you agree with James? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 25 James cannot believe it. After the, Afterwards, we're going to be talking about Pellegrini and that second beauty from Cresswell. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. We were, of course, looking at that brilliant win against Man United on the weekend 2-0. And we're going to be looking at that League Cup game tomorrow night against Oxford. And then the Premier League action returns on the weekend to Bournemouth. Can West Ham sustain this momentum? Let's quickly go back to that uh, Man United game. We did talk about the first goal. Let's talk about the second goal. A fantastic free kick from Cresswell, before we talk about that and that moment, uh, that, that magical moment, Gary Neville says the keeper should save that. He's got to do better there. Do you agree, Will? Mm, in the interest of not talking about Man United first, I'm going to ignore <laughs> your question and say, how good was Aaron Cresswell's free kick? What okay. outstanding it's a technique. Free kick. <laughs> Especially given he missed one about five minutes earlier, which went straight <laughs> yeah. over the bar and I thought, oh, and he got number take one. Two. He's yeah. not going to take another one, is he? But good luck to him. I think he's scored like three or four free kicks for us now. Mm. It's like, Play it in disguise. No, it was it, it was an outstanding free kick, it and was. I was a bit mm, apprehensive. I think before the game, I think Masuaku, obviously when he you know got sent off at Aston Villa, your, your little mate, yeah, King Arthur, yeah, he's my he's basically my best mate. I want to be friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> he's my best mate. I want to be friends with him. But um, <laughs> no, he, you know, obviously after he got sent off at Villa, it was a bit like ah. Oh, you know, you, you you need that wiliness to know. That's what that's what Arthur needs next. Is he, he a needs to he still needs to work on his defensive the side of his game, but he also needs a bit of wiliness and a bit of cunning to know when you're away at Aston Villa that you and you're on a yellow card, whether it was harsh or not. Just don't lunge in in the middle of their half. Don't do that. But anyway, I th- I was apprehensive with Cresswell. I thought, ah, oh, you know, he's he's going to come in. He's, his confidence is pretty shot, and it has been for a while. His form hasn't been good especially with Masuaku's new contract, he's very much now that you are the second-choice left-back here. And I thought in the first half, I thought he was okay. There was a couple of times where it was frustrating me when Anderson was breaking down the left and he was leaving loads and loads of room on the outside, right on the touchline. And Cresswell, rather than doing that like classic overlap... He was he was going he was running really close to Anderson and squeezing it in and I was getting really wound up but it was only when I saw Fredericks do it a couple of times in the second half I think it must have been something they've been told to do by Pellegrini but then yeah I thought Cresswell in the second half really came into it I thought he played lots better and it was just really nice for him to cap it off with the free kick and you could see how much it meant to him as well mm. he was celebrating right down in front of me and yeah he was you know he was going mental and it really meant a lot to him so nice to see I think. The thing I I got from it most is that it shows that we've we're beginning to get a little bit of strength strength in depth. You know, when last year, if you know, if we'd have had a, an injury or suspension at either side of the defence, we'd have been worried because there wasn't that strength, there wasn't that consistency in any of our defenders or or, or most of our positions really. So to see you know Masuaku getting getting suspended was a blow, um, and you know as much as. He's your favourite player of all time. Um, everyone knows he's not mine. And I, even I was like, oh, I can't really afford to miss him. Um, but Cresswell's come in and, and done a fantastic job. And that shows. I mean, 
will Maswaku get walk straight back in the team? That's funny. I was literally just going to ask really? you that. Yeah. I mean, if if you know, I, I mean, Cresswell deserves a start against Bournemouth. Do you do you, right? See that. So this is quite interesting. So there's been quite a lot of. I mean, you'll have seen it as well. But there's been quite a lot of chat on the in the West Ham Twitter sphere this week. <laughs> just saying exactly the same thing. Just saying, you know, oh. Cresswell's played well there. Obviously, I think the fact he scored the free kick probably, you know, everyone thinks he's more. playing a little bit better than he did the yeah. rest of the game. But no, like, I still think he did well. So, personal biases aside, James, if if we're ignoring the fact that you're a Cresswell man, I'm a Masuaku man. Personal biases aside, what is your? Because I think that on that, should Cresswell start the next game or should he not? I'm saying no, and this is genuinely independent of my Arthur Masuaku fandom. But I'm saying no because at the end of the day, he's the first choice left back, isn't he, Masuaku? And I think Pellegrini's made that clear. They've given him the new deal. He's obvious that, look, we're working with you. He's younger. He's 26. I think Cresswell's 29. He, I think Pellegrini wants to work with him. So I think to, for him to get sent off like that and then to bin him straight out, I think the damage that will do for his confidence is not worth risking because I also don't think we're guaranteed that Cresswell will put in a performance like that every week. No, you've got a good point. I think the confidence thing is important. Uh, the team are very, very confident as a group. We know that. We've seen that already this season. Um, so, you know, do you risk sort of ruining some of that by sort of, you know, dropping uh, Masaraku for what I think was a very, very harsh second yellow card at Villa Park? Um, you know, is it worth punishing him for that? Probably not. But then is it worth... Santa Crezzi sorry mate you've had a really good game you scored a really good free kick but you're back out of the team now you know so there are, there are swings and roundabouts on that front but you know Creswell's probably done enough to, to start but I'm, I think you're right I think Masuaku will go straight back in let's talk about that squad depth then because you know over the last two months eight, uh, two years 18 months you know you've really added to the squad you've built in positions where if you did get that suspension or injury the player coming in you know can do not just a service, a serviceable job they can do more than a job you know this only speaks of how well Pellegrini is doing you know let's talk about the impact he's making James you mentioned that you know in the last year, maybe West Ham were a mid-table side. Now you're on the verge of top six. We speak about the run you're on. You know, you're doing much better as it stands than Everton Wolves sides who were fancy to get in those places. Is it all down to this one, man? I know it's a team effort and everyone at the club should should get praise, but how much has he changed the status of this club? Massive. I don't think you can really... We could do an entire hour on it, I think, <laughs> because I think that the, the impact he's had just off the pitch it's been incredible unprecedented for me mm. there hasn't been a manager in uh, in modern times at least that's come into the football club and made such an impact um, maybe Slav maybe yeah but I, I just don't know whether Bilic sort of rode the wave of that final season at Upton Park yeah, yeah. Um, mm. because it it very very quickly unravelled as soon as we moved stadium. I know there were outside factors that, that played a part in that but I think Pellegrini's come into what was a very, very uh, poorly run football club and a, a club that was completely broken both on and off the pitch. The fans, you know, the relationship between fan and board, the players, you know, I'm surprised he even took the job in the first place. And I know obviously what we're paying him has probably, probably been the, the deciding factor. But that was a that was a really big job to take and he's completely turned this football club around in what is, what, 15 months? It's madness how, how quickly we've gone from a club in turmoil to a club... Been spoken about being a top six club. 
I think he's doing an incredible job and will, if possible, and criminally so, I think, certainly from outside of West Ham, certainly not from you, uh, the fans and, and, and definitely not me, but he's almost underrated, Pellegrini. Would you, do you think this, from the, from the wider media and fans who are not in West Ham, do you think Pellegrini is, is slightly underrated, if possible? I would... It's difficult. I mean, you know, like you say, it's difficult to say when you're so involved in West Ham and, you know, you're 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 looking at West Ham media every single week. It's difficult. And I, I certainly don't think he is within the club. And I think Husserlos as well, the director of football he's bought with him. I just think that move in itself just showed uh, intention from Pellegrini. He's, you know, you had a lot, you hear a lot of stories more some of the old school managers getting into rucks with their technical directors because they want this power struggle, blah, blah, blah. Pellegrini had none of that. He came in, he knows what it takes and the structure of a big club and he knows what the structure of a Premier League winning club looks like in Man City. And he came in, there's, there's none of that. He said, no, we need one of those. None of this, oh, your power trip, ego, hungry, whatever you want to call them. He just came in, Husserlos is there, I'm bringing him in, he's my man, he's coming with me. And I, I do think it's it's sort of coming to fruition already. I was just interested, James, if you had to like coin a phrase for Pellegrini's impact or mentality. Coin a phrase. What would maybe three words that were catchy and rolled off the tongue that everyone could everyone could Pellegrini's power play. Or Ooh, I don't know. Nice. Maybe Thank nice. you. thinking BTM like a mentality or a mindset that he's instilled BTM, in the club that's nah, perhaps I'm a not, bit I'm not not having big team mentality. I'm not having big team mentality. Even you, this you're week. Like, you're like <laughs> Triple P, didn't you? We've just beaten Pellegrini's power play. Pellegrini's power play is quite fun. <laughs> We've just beaten Man United and you're not buying into the big team mentality yet. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. You yeah, Stop making it about Man United, Will. This is West Ham. <laughs> no, no I'm, I, I thought about this earlier and I'm, I'm going to admit that his, his you know, desperation and, and his, his perseverance... <laughs> mine, mine or Manuel's. <laughs> Manuel's, definitely. His perseverance in instilling this 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 so-called big-team mentality into West Ham United is beginning to bear fruit a little bit and I couldn't be happier. Um, I was getting annoyed about it last year, as everyone knows. I was getting really, really annoyed. But it's beginning to work, so fair play. I'm not saying keep saying that, you know, that phrase. <laughs> well, I'm going to. But we, we are a big team. And we've got that big team mentality. So let's just leave it there and we can just, you know, enjoy that. Well, you mentioned that Billich didn't really ride that crest of a wave. Let's hope the manager can. Should they tie him down to a new contract uh, sooner rather than later? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a, year a year and a half left, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again, it, <laughs> it did feel a bit classic West Ham. I think I saw that on Twitter only today, actually. Someone going, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm just waiting for it all to fall down. I, it's, West Ham's success at the moment is built like a house of cards, I think I heard. <laughs> and uh, that was from a West Ham fan. I was like, oh, Jesus, come on, let's just enjoy it for a bit while we're in, we're in sixth. But yeah, a year and a half. He's, you know, he's getting on a little bit anyway, isn't he? Compared to some other managers, should we say, put it this way, he's no Eddie Howe, is he? And he might have his own plans. He might have plans of his own. He might want to, you know, clear off. No, back. Triple P wants to stay. That's what I'm dubbing him now. <laughs> I'm going to desperately P. try to get that going. I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think if there's ever a time to to show, you know, faith and confidence in the manager, it's now. Because we're, we're you know, we're riding a wave. We're doing really well. We're at the peak of you know what we think you know we're capable of. Give him a new deal. Give that more confidence. Give everyone a bit of a boost. And we can go again. Well, some someone who is riding a wave, and that is you, James, in the West Ham quiz because you are riding high, undefeated in what feels like forever. Will just cannot get off the mark, unlike his beloved Hammers who are flying high. Next, it is time for the West Ham quiz. 
We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. And very quickly, the debate is raging on in the studio. We can't remember the scores of the quiz. We know James is leading. It's so far in front, we can't remember. Is it 3-1, 4-1? We think it's 8-4 on points. We're not quite sure of the game week score. But James is in front. If someone does know out there, Reese, you always do the quiz. Uh... If you remember, please let us know. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. And before the quiz, uh, will you want to quickly yeah, mention something? You, you mentioned Reese there. Reese has just been in touch and the BBC Sport have just announced that Wembley will host the 2023 Champions League final. And Reese was just wondering what West Ham's ticket allocation will be for that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, knowing you if it'd be about 10%, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, knowing you yeah. if it'd be about 500. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's quickly, uh, let's get on to the quiz now. We know James in front. We'll, we'll try to find out the actual score, but let's keep our eyes on the prize. And that is tonight because we'll... You are not having the best time of it where the quiz is concerned. James, you was off last week. Will lost. Well, hang on. I mean, we had a. It was a new format. I was was watching in last week, but I turned off just before the quiz. Yeah, we tried Mm. some. We tried something out. You'd seen it all before. Why watch it? You know what? I'm going to go have a bit of tapas and leave you to it. It was a different format. It was new training. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Don't worry. It wasn't a. Yeah, you are very friendly. Yeah, it was a friendly. It was like West Ham. It was the Betway Cup of West Ham quizzes. All right. Well, it is time for this week's West Ham quiz. Right. Here we go. We are back to the mystery play. Our three players, five sets of clues, fingers on the buzzers here in the Love Sport Studio. Player one, clue one. Youth product of the club. Clue number two. Freddie Sears. No. He loves jumping in. You're aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I also give all these quiz answers early. (laughs) Clue number two. Made their debut against Arsenal... In 1994. Oh. Clue number three. Swap deal involving David Unsworth. Oh, I know. Uh, both, both players in the studio look perplexed at this. The clues are stumbling them so far. I'll give you one more. Shirt number six. What, for West Ham? Yeah. Mm. Not Hayden. Oh, this is the nah, West Ham quiz. Hayden Fox was well after that one. He, he? he won an academy product, nah, was he? I'm, I'm just panic you do, you, you do have one more clue. The clue is they retired injured. I'm, I'm, I don't even know whether this player's uh, an academy product. Is it Danny Williamson? That is correct. Oh, oh shell. Unbelievably, shell. Oh, James takes shell. the lead 1 0. Williamson, Jesus, yeah. We'll Ever- blame that he doesn't have his laptop, but whether the nah, no knowledge is there. No, no, no. <laughs> player number, well done, James. Player number two, will you still have a chance? Two more players. Player number two, clue number one. Premier League winner. Clue number two, started their career at Chelsea. Joker. Oh, sorry. Started. Oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> Clue number three. <laughs> blasphemy. Clue number three. First club goal against West Ham in 1994. Oh, blimey. Just proper early 90s. Um, Clue number four. 
scored an absolute belter against Spurs. Clue number five. Did play sometimes as an emergency striker. Ian Pearce? Uh, That's correct. Yes. And it's 1-1. One, 1-1 one. One, one on the doors, which Just means it man. does... Oh, Premier League winner at Blackburn, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it does go down to the final player. And I must admit, this might be the easiest one of the night. So both of you, fingers on the buzzers. Listen to the clues intently. Will is up for this. The sweat is dripping from James Jones. Player number three, clue number one. Two spells at the club. Lee Barrier. No. No. (laughs) Clue number two. Scored on their first debut. Dean Holdsworth. No. Listen to the panic in your voice. (laughs) Clue number three. Part of the promotion squad. Colton Cole. Let me finish, James. Part of the promotion squad in 2005. (laughs) Pathetic. Right, here we go. This is it. This is it. Clue number four. War number 10 and number four. Okay, um, I, I thought that that way you would get it. But this is, as soon as I say the first half of this word, you're going to get it straight away in clue number five, okay? Scottish International. All right, maybe not. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> number four, number ten. Promoted in 2005. Come on, I've got this one. <laughs> Scottish International, two spells at the club. Christian Daly. No, no. That's what, it was seven. No, it was seven, wasn't right, it? Right, quick run through the right. clues again. What? Player number three, clue number one, two spells at the club scored on their first debut. Don Hutchinson. Yes. yes. I said Will. Don Hutchinson. No, you didn't. <laughs> you <laughs> you didn't. said all the other West Ham yeah. players have ever played for us. You certainly did not. Well, tonight's winner of the quiz, unbelievably so, is Will Pugh. <laughs> yes. Don Hutchinson. You did Swear not. You did no not say Don Hutchinson. James, no chance. Trust me. Everyone but VAR. We're just having a look. Overturned. No, no, he didn't say. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say decision. Don Hutchinson. No, trust it wasn't me. even marginally offside, James. You was about 10 come, yards come offside. Come on, you've won, you've won about 15 times right, this I'm, year. I'm, Give I'm, me one. I'm, I'm, I'm listening back. James, this is I'm the beauty of back. radio. You can listen back. You can download this West Ham show as a podcast. Yeah, yeah when, it can, when, it, when I'm uploading it later, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to listen back. As you should be. You know what? You said Christian Daly. I said Christian Daly. I said Colin Cole. You said Dean Holdsworth. You said Dean Holdsworth. I think that's where you're getting. I was literally like, didn't even play for West Ham. Yeah, maybe I've got it wrong then. Yeah, yeah. I said Dean Holdsworth. Unbelievably so. It's the same but different, isn't it? Outstanding. Two-one will. How does it feel to to be back in the game? Up and running. Feels good. Who's that player? That you were you, you got right a few weeks back. That you were going to live off forever. Mark oh, Reaper. Yeah, yeah so I'm yeah, living yeah. off Danny Williamson forever as well. <laughs> well, no, you can live off Dean Holdsworth forever. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we saying? Because uh, that would make it nine six. I think we're fairly we'll, close. We'll, but we'll I think it's four two in game weeks now. We'll, I think you I've clawed one back. I'm from reasonably four confident. It's still, it's still very close. It's still early days. Well done, mate. That was yeah. That was that's not. You haven't tasted victory in a while. Maybe there's no laptop wheel. Perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps I'm a little bit more focused. Yeah, no distractions. <laughs> Perhaps I'm not guessing players who never played for West Ham. <laughs> Checking social media. Well, uh, Will has come away with a quiz tonight. 2-1 there. A brilliant uh, quiz. Thank you, Reese. as always. Hopefully you played along at home. Next, though, we have to turn our attentions to the two games because the games come thick and fast. West Ham are in League Cup action tomorrow night against Oxford. Then Bournemouth on the weekend. Next, we'll be looking at both. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. And I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham champion, 
Will Pugh and James Jones will taste defeat. He hasn't tasted defeat in a long time this season. He won't care as West Ham keep on getting results. That's all that matters to him. Now, though, let's turn our attentions to West Ham's fixtures because they do come thick and fast. Before that Premier League game against Bournemouth, you are in League Cup action tomorrow night. A tricky tie, uh, maybe some would say, against Oxford because they won 6-0 on the weekend against Lincoln City, who uh, no poor side whatsoever, even if they have lost their manager, Danny Cowley. James, how are you feeling about this one tomorrow night? There's always that thing in the back of my head, think, oh, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna, we're gonna get, get beat. I don't know what it is. Well, we, we, could, we could be top of the league. We could have been five-time Premier League champions. We could go into a team against lower league opposition. I go, no, I don't fancy it. <laughs> I just don't fancy it. But I don't know. We've said before, you know, this season, and I, I think we spoke about last season, the importance of a cut run. I think we're in probably the best possible place to really put a cut run together. Um, and, you know, the draw has been relatively kind to us without being that disrespectful to, to Oxford. But you would expect West Ham to, to go there and, and, and get through to the next round. But just knowing our history and knowing what we're like. Uh, but we said that before Newport and we went and did the, a pretty professional job there. So I, I, I'd like to say that I can see us going through, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. Yeah, I think, like you said, what we've done before, which was nice to see, was it was just a professional performance, wasn't it? We we turned up and we played what was in front of us and just yeah put the game to bed quite swiftly and quite easily. I'm not one of those who buys into the idea that Premier League teams should beat teams 8 or 9-0 every time they play lower league opposition. Because the main thing, I think, is the, the difference. When you come up against lower league opposition like that, the players, they're not used to training and playing against players of that, you know, again, forgive the terminology, but that poor quality. And the pitch is sometimes a little bit off. That's it. They're used. These are players used to playing in conditions where... You know, they're, they're used to playing against players who are at the highest level week in, week out, and day in, day out of training. Players who take one touch where you play against Oxford and a player might take two or three, it messes your timing up a lot. They're not used to those conditions. And well, that's easy to... Because the flip go, side oh, of that Premier narrative League. is that they are Premier League. They should be used to it. They've got a, they're classy enough to deal with any conditions they're planning. Mm. Is there that to be, you can't just say, well, they're not used to playing in, in fantastic stadiums and fantastic I, I, pitches. I, I, I think there's something in that. But we have had practice. You know, We had this very similar thing on Saturday where we were planning, coming up against lesser opposition <laughs> and uh, professional job. Mm. Beat Man United two 0 So, they, but they've got the practice perfectly. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very good point. Actually. <laughs> well, you are playing Oxford. One thing I will say though, I, I agree with what you're saying. Go eight, eight, nine, eight or nine nil. It's never going to be that way. It is a cup game. Obviously, the lower league side will always be up for it. But you are away. But it's another great chance for West Ham to progress and make, you know, make this cup a priority. Will absolutely, and we've been saying it all season and. Again, I will just hark back to the when when people go, oh, teams like West Ham, whether it's West Ham fans or other people, so teams like West Ham should be pushing or should be winning a trophy. I just I don't buy into that because that that statement suggests that teams like Man United and Man City and Liverpool go into the season going, ah, oh, don't worry about the FA Cup or the League Cup. We only want to win the Premier League and the Champions League. It's just not true, is it? Teams like that want to win across all fronts. Completely. And so, you know, the idea that, well, you know, West Ham should win win a cup. Or I, What I think, all I'm bothered about is 
that we get as far as we can and you know beat the teams that we should beat because we 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 have we have come a cropper before Wimbledon last season wasn't it it's really disappointing to see but we also not got knocked out of Tottenham by Tottenham in the league cup which you go you know what they're they're a good football inside so it's not as heartbreaking well before we look at Bournemouth let's quickly get a score prediction for tomorrow night James what do you reckon uh, I, I reckon we'll keep another clean sheet uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go a three nil. 3-0 convince him yeah not quite as I think it'd be one of them not an overly entertaining game to watch but I think we'll do it nice and professionally and I'm going to go 2-0 well another thing that you mentioned because you've mentioned the word professionalism quite a lot tonight but when you do have the squat depth like you said James you can still put a, a strong team not your strongest team at and you know put on that professional performance you know have a convincing win because maybe in more previous seasons you wasn't able to do this was you James no we weren't and I think I think the team in general would have learnt a lot from that Wimbledon defeat last year. I think regardless of a squad depth or anything like that, I think the mentality of the team, I'm not saying it, <laughs> uh, the, the mentality BTM. of the team is uh, will, will have will have changed a lot from that Wimbledon game. And I, th- I think you're right, we can, we've got the depth where we can, we can rest a few first team players and still have a, a, a Premier League standard squad. Um, we did that against Newport. It was, you know, it was Premier League quality. Um, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't convincing against Newport, but we got the job done. And I think it'll be, the, I think it'll be a very similar story against Oxford. Well, that was the League Cup action tomorrow night. Let's now talk about Bournemouth, the Premier League game action, and let's get the opposition view. This is Love Sport. That that is right. It is time for the opposition view. I'm delighted to say we are talking to Jeff Hayward from the Back of the Net podcast. Jeff, you must be absolutely delighted with Bournemouth at the minute. Two three-one victories on the bounce and a fantastic performance against what is a South Coast rival on Friday night against Southampton. The feeling around Bournemouth at the minute must be very very exciting. Yeah, uh, the South Coast is ours. That's what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> The, the South Coast is yours, yeah. So, you know, it, but will they keep that momentum? Will they carry it forward? Because West Ham, we're talking about them one point above you. They have momentum on their own and they're going to really fancy themselves on the weekend also. Well, as uh, as your West Ham guests will know, you know, we've got a long history going back with West Ham. Um, typically in the past, they've recruited a lot of our good players. Um, we've, uh, we've recruited a manager or two from them as well. Um, but really, I'm very excited about a Champions League six-pointer. Jeff, just uh, <laughs> I like your thinking there. I like your confidence. Well, the finals in twenty twenty three, so maybe we'll split it between West Ham and Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, uh, why not? Why I not? like uh, I like your thinking there, Jeff. Just one thing: I, I watched your game on uh, on Friday night, and I, I, say I was really impressed, and I have been all season. One thing that's been interesting me is the the Josh King conundrum because he he played out wide again on the uh, on Friday night against Southampton he played really well I thought he was absolutely robbed to not get a penalty VAR's denied him by you know an inch or so for the for the offside goal he had disallowed what's your what's your thoughts on him playing left or up front because he came out after the game and said I would be preferring to play up front but you know usual stuff said oh, I'll do whatever the team wants yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Eddie's got them playing the last couple of games, Everton and Southampton, playing a kind of 4-3-3 with uh, Solanke and Wilson up top and King on the left. And in fact, King's replaced Fraser, which has been quite an interesting move and a little bit controversial, I have to say, amongst Bournemouth fans because uh, Fraser and Wilson were a great connection last year and a lot of assists and a lot of goals they created between the two of them. Um, what Josh King offers us in that role out on the left is, as you can see on uh, Friday night, incredibly direct running. I think he also made Seamus Coleman's life for misery in the Everton game as well. Just yeah. power, 
pace, very direct. I think if it, if we've got any criticism at all, at all, he's a bit head down and doesn't doesn't sort of play the through ball when he should do. But you know, hats off to him. He, he's he's creating a lot of um, a lot of energy on the pitch, and he's causing a lot of problems for the the right back. Jeff, I mean, we, we were talking earlier that you know we're quite happy for West Ham to to you know be doing what we're doing at the moment, going quietly going under the radar. Uh, creeping into that top six and Bournemouth are just behind us, you know, doing exactly the same thing. Not many people have just been, been talking about Bournemouth this year. Uh, what is it that Eddie Howe's sort of done? Has he done anything differently this season? I know he brought in a couple of new faces, but is he, have the tactics changed a little bit to sort of, uh, for Bournemouth to have improved slightly on last season? Well, you know, I think he, he's been, he's been trying a few different formations. You know, we've, we've played three, five, two a bit, uh, which hasn't been that successful. Um, the last couple of games, he's, he's gone to a more four-four-two or four-three-three, and I think that's helped the team. What, what's really noticeable is the strength in depth. You know, if you look at the bench for the last couple of games, to be able to bring on someone like Fraser has been fantastic. He's got he's got Lewis Cook on the bench for Friday night, and Lewis Cook coming back from injury made a massive impact in that Everton game. I think that strength in depth and going right through to the bench is helping a lot as those players come back from injury. In terms of how the team's playing, if I'm honest with you, that Southampton performance, you know, we we all feel that we can be better than that. And I I think probably in comparison to to the way you guys played against Man U, I mean, I saw that game and I thought, you know, West Ham, you have played better than that this season. And there you were beating United 2-0. I mean, it, it feels like we're both in about the same sort of position, really. Jeff, what are you are you sort of particularly worried, or what what are you worried about about West Ham at the weekend? And what do you think you could? Is there any way you think you can exploit us? Um, I think the thing that most concerns us is probably Haller. Um, he's added a different dimension up front for you. I think um, that's something that you've not necessarily had consistently. Um, certainly, the last couple of seasons. Very true. I yeah, think Noble, I think Noble's playing well. You know, he's he's bossing that midfield for you. And then you've got is Lanzini going to be back on Saturday because he was missing, wasn't he, at the weekend? Yeah, I'm just, just still not sure. He was. He, I, think, I think he's out for three or four weeks. Is it long term? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you've got um, you know you you've got a bit more defensive solidity in organisation, which again you know the last couple of seasons when we played you. There've been plenty of goals in it, and mm. and you know we've come out on top in a, a few of those contests just because your defence has been a bit fragile. So I'm interested to see how you go against this. I don't think I don't think you're fully 100% playing at your ability, but then I don't think we are either. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting clash, I think. Well, Jeff, we have to put you on the spot. We have to get a score prediction for the weekend. Both teams are riding higher. What is your prediction? Well, I do think that we're. On a roll, um, we're a different proposition at home. I think we're going to come out on top 2 now. Two, oh, that is very oh. strong coming out on top. Jeff, you've not made any friends in the studio. A few uh, perplexed <laughs> faces, but Jeff, always a pleasure to talk to you. Jeff Hayward there from the Back of the Net podcast. Uh, not only did he say come out on top, uh, very strong 2-0 and West Ham are flying high. I, I, I don't want to ask you to agree with that because I'm sure you don't, but James, where do you stand on the game on the weekend? What, was it four or five clean sheets in a row? We oh. go, go to... Bournemouth can see too. Don't think so. No, not Pellegrini's power. No, no, no. no. And no, he, he said that he was worried about Sebastian Haller. Doesn't back him to score though. <laughs> yeah, doesn't back him to score. I think Haller's been he's been quiet the last two games, isn't he? I, I thought effective. The, I think he's been effective. Do you, I mean, I Aston he was, Villa, he certainly mm, wasn't. Uh, no, uh, 
the in weekend. parts he was. The weekend, I thought he, he just did his job. Mm. Just needed a bit more service in the box. Yeah, potentially. I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if a 2-0 defeat might be a bit harsh, to be honest. I still think, and that sounds an odd thing to say, but I still think the defence... Has like will concede goals. Oh yeah, we're going to concede again. Like yeah. it will happen. No, I, oh yeah, but I, I I still think there's sort of at times that they just do look a little bit. Sh- I think it looked obviously more solid at the weekend because Cresswell can actually defend where Masuaku yeah, can't as much. Yeah. Um, but you know, Fredericks loves a headless run as well, doesn't he? He sort of kept it a little bit more at the weekend but I do think there's uh, there's still goals in that defence but 2-0 I think that's probably a bit harsh so will the run continue the clean sheets or the wins where do you stand Will what do you go with I'm going to I reckon we'll get another draw I think we maintain the unbeaten run and I don't know whether it'll be another 0-0 but I'll go one all. One all. so the clean sheets will go but unbeaten you will still be since that opening day 1-1 for you James yeah I said at the beginning of the show that I think you know it would be a test of It'd be a test of West Ham in terms of where we are this season compared to, I think it'd be more of a test than the United game. I said at the beginning of the show that I'd take a point. Uh, and yeah, I reckon it'll be a draw. Probably uh, I'll take a nil-nil, keep that clean sheet run going because this is weird and not conceding goals. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, I think it probably will be one all because I can't see Bournemouth not scoring at home. So two one ones in the studio and a 2-0 from Jeff Hayward there. He's predicting a Bournemouth win 2-0. But either way, we do hope that West Ham come out winners and they keep that clean sheet run and the wins because they are up there and riding high. This has been the West Ham Show with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. Next week, we will be back after West Ham's two games, one tomorrow night against Oxford and the Bournemouth game on the weekend. But up next, it is Crystal Palace and we'll see you then. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.